I've hit a lot of financial and business goals at the same time that my life is falling apart. Yeah. My relationships yeah, are falling yeah. apart. Yeah. And yeah. there's times where I'm like, right now, I'm on a health and fitness journey. And I'm not exactly where I want to be in business. Like we're in rebuild mode. We're in like startup mode again. Like it's always this. Welcome to the No Broke Months for Real Estate Agents podcast. Working as a real estate agent can be incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, but it can also be frustrating if you aren't making the money you deserve. So if you're ready to end the stressful cycle of working hard for no results, then get started with a proven step-by-step system so that every month is no broke months. Matt Lyuchenko is a real estate business coach, trainer, and consultant specializing in systems and mindset of high-performing solo agents and teams. Matt has spent the last 12 years leading and teaching all over the country. He has helped countless agents break through personal and professional ceilings of achievement with his unique approach to tactical execution through clarity of vision. In this interview, Matt Lyuchenko will discuss the emptiness of achievement and the loneliness of success. My name is Dan Roshan, and I'm the host of the No Broke Months podcast, which is a show for real estate agents that's designed to help you have no broke months. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Hello, Consistent Predictable Income community. My name is Dan Roshan, and I am so freaking excited to be here with my friend Matt Luzensko, who is a real estate business coach, trainer, consultant. And he specializes in systems of mindset of high-performing agents and teams. And we're going to talk today about the emptiness of achievement and the loneliness of success. The emptiness of achievement and loneliness of success. Matt, welcome. How are you, my friend? What's going on, Dan? Thank you so much for the opportunity to come out back into the CPI community just to have a little conversation, a little chit-chat, and uh, share some things. I'm, I appreciate you here. I, I love the topic today that we're talking about. So tell me, what caused you to want to talk about the emptiness of achievement and the loneliness of success? So the reason why, like, so when, when your team had asked, you know, what's something you'd really like to share about that you're passionate about, I had to get really vulnerable and kind of authentic. And I don't know if like any of your watchers or listeners like me, I think like the presentations or the speakers that I really gravitate to are the ones that like take you into the cave. The people that have achieved the most have oftentimes struggled the most. And I feel like the coaches, the speakers, some some of the people that are out there looking to create following never really share the trappings or the pitfalls of what it takes to get to where they're at. And the last, I would say it really got highlighted post-COVID, but I was finding myself getting stuck in this cycle of sabotage and discontent, despite like constantly leveling up. And I kept like thinking like, well, that's, you know, maybe that's my fault. It's a pattern. And then there's, it's been a pretty long journey around it. And then especially in the last probably 12 months for myself, I've had to go really introspective and really deep into like, what is this? Like, what's driving this pattern of discontent and like this emptiness around achievement? And so I've met some of the great people, read some of the great books and go into that as well. But like, maybe there's somebody out there that feels the same way. Like, think about the last time that you've set a big goal for yourself. And I know that like a a lot of times people, 
in the last, I don't know, year and a half, 75 hard has been kind of like a fad everyone's talking about. Sure, that's, yeah. And a lot of people mistake 75 hard as like a weight loss program. And that's the last thing it is. Like that's a result of the program. And if anyone's not familiar with 75 hard, it was a program created by Andy Frisella, who is a podcast host, speaker, and he's the CEO of First Form supplement company and supplement superstores. And he's part of the RTA syndicate with Ed Milet and, and those guys. And fair warning, his podcast is really, really raw. And if you have sensitive ears and sensitive, like <laughs> don't listen to it, he comes after you with some colorful words. And yet if you can look past it, his message is probably one of the most strong and poignant that I've experienced. And what I've seen in the past, and I've also felt victim to it, is like, I'd set these goals and they were really big and crazy, like hairy goals, wild and hairy, audacious goals. We talk about all those. And then I'd hit them. And I'd expected to feel a certain way after. And what happened is I'd hit them and I'd be waiting like, okay, now I'm going to become that thing or that version of me that I, here we go. We did it. And then I look around and I'm like, nothing's really changed. And like my gift is like, I get to do it again. Or like the goal wasn't it. Achieving it wasn't it. The award, the medal, the certificate, the income, it wasn't it. And I kept getting really down after. Like there's like the post goal letdown that I was constantly struggling with. And that led me to get like, really clear on, okay, what, if that's not it, what is it? And I was having trouble finding it for quite some time. Well, Matt, I want to learn what you found from it, what you learned from that. Before I do so, there's two thoughts that come to my mind of, yeah. as I'm listening to you. I just want to sort of see how you relate to these. And I want to get back to what you learned about that. The first is that comes to my mind is the paradox of a high achiever, meaning that I have the expectation that I'm going to win. Yeah. So if I win, I just expected that that's what's supposed to have happened. Right. Yet, if I don't win, now I feel like a loser, right? And there's like, there's this thing where it's not a win, win, lose equation. It's a lose neutral equation for some. No, I would absolutely agree with that, right? I mean, I was, I was on a panel a little while back talking about this and. Like when I set goals, I expect them to happen and they do happen, like, and they happen. And the challenge is, is that when they happen, if my framework around it isn't right, then I'm literally back at the same spot I was at before. And yet I've just done, I've achieved more. Right. And so there's an endless trap. There's a book that, that was presented to me that really helped me out with that and called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and his well, team. They also wrote yeah. the yeah. Do Not How. Right. And what was fascinating about this book that was articulated in a way that I had never expected or was able to even put out there was that so many of us are focused on the horizon as the goal, as the end point. And yet, what happens when you march towards the horizon and you reach that point that you can see? Well, when that point comes closer to you, what's still out there? The horizon. Right. So the horizon is a never ending achievable thing. And if we keep putting our goal out on the horizon, we never get there, even though we hit that milestone. Right. And so that's like we're focused on like the gap of where we are versus where we want to be, as opposed to taking a look at all of the things that we've done 
and all of the things that we've become and all the new habits and all the new achievements and all the new discipline and all the new mindset that we've developed. And I'm super guilty of it. I'm super guilty. I remember getting into real estate. It couldn't be more vivid. I remember being a brand new agent. I was coming out of a, a job. I was making $33,000 a year and I was 30 years old. And in my mind, I was like, okay, 30,000 by 30. Like I came from a mindset that I was going to be a teacher or an educator forever. And I was, you know, coming out of grad school, working minimum wage in 2008 during the market turn. And I just remember getting my license, working full time somewhere else, part time in real estate and in my mind. And I don't know where it came from. In my mind, I said, when I make $127,000, and it was as specific as that. When I make $127,000, I'll feel like a successful real estate agent. Except when you made $127,000, how'd you feel? <laughs> That's the thing. Is that so, so, I, so what happened is I set, I set the targets for the $127,000. Yeah. And then I get there. What they don't tell you is like lifestyle creep, business, like all these things show up. And then I get to $127,000 and I'm sitting there going, well, this sure doesn't feel like I thought it was going to feel. So then I reset the goal. When I get to 423680 I literally had that on my card. Like okay. Whenever I took that one course where we write down our goals on the card, like I remember writing down 423680 That was it. So like, and even like when I would write a letter to myself in the future, I'd set these goals and then I'd get it and I'd, I'd hit it. And that was really cool to see. And yet... Because I wasn't really clear about focusing on who I was being, who I'm becoming, and like really appreciating the journey of this as the goal was the biggest thing, was the biggest thing for me. And so like I'd also recently taken on the 75 Heart Challenge and I got called out and I failed on day 16 and I had to start over. So for those of you that are watching, there's like several main rules of the, the challenge. There's you know, work out twice a day, 45 minutes, one's outside, following a meal plan, no cheat meals, no alcohol, read 10 pages a day and take a progress picture every day. If you miss any one of those six items, you start over. Yeah. And I was doing Weight Watchers with my wife. That was my meal plan. Yeah. And it was coming up to my birthday. And the thing about 75 hard, and I get a lot of people message me, they're like, I, I want to do it. But like, and no alcohol. And they're like, I can't. There's always something coming up that I want to celebrate, like my birthday or a vacation. Like sure. there's always something within 75 days where there's a drink if you drink, right? So my birthday was 16 days in. And so in my mind, my wife was like, hey, since we're doing Weight Watchers, it's not like an elimination diet. It's a point system. And okay. so like... You eat throughout the day, you have points, you track it. And if you work out and move, you get to add points to it. She had said, hey, make sure you save your points for your birthday. We're going to take you out for your birthday. We want to make sure we can celebrate. So I go to my birthday dinner, have a really great steak. And then the restaurant brings a cheesecake at the end to celebrate <laughs> of it. And in my mind, I'm like, cool. I'm fully in integrity. I've had like 57 points built up. I could eat the whole menu. If I wanted. And so, and I don't even like sweets. So sure. I literally took two bites of the cheesecake. We took a picture with the family. I posted it on Facebook. And here's another thing that I wanted to share as far as like the loneliness of leadership and success, right? So I, I posted that. And literally the next morning, I had a lot of congratulations. Uh, and in my DMs, in my inbox, 
was one of my accountability partners out of St. Louis. Yeah. And his message was real simple. He's like, hey, did you eat the cheesecake? And I said, no. I mean, I had two bites, but I don't like sweets. And he said, turn to page 156 in the book because there's a book that goes along sure. with it. Yeah. Says, well, why? And he says, well, what's rule number six? And it's like, no cheat meals. And I'm like, but it's not a cheat meal because it's not elimination. It's not a thing. He's like, well, read page 156. And it says really clearly. And he took a picture of it, highlighted it, and sent it to me. And it says, one M&M, one gummy bear is a fail. And I'm like, well, okay. And he said, so let me ask you this other question. If you saved up all your points and all you ate each day was cheesecake in your points, is that a healthy lifestyle? And I said, no. And then he said the one thing that like caused me to really get clarity around it. And he said, look, you do you, but anybody else who's completed this challenge in integrity knows you failed. Well, looks like today's day zero. So my 75 hard journey took 91 days. And at the end of it, I remember really clearly, I remember the, my, on my last day, I was an absolute emotional disaster because I knew I was coming up on the same challenge that I was feeling before was here I am, like I thrive in the journey of hitting the goal and I'm really consistent and I'm highly accountable and I'll do the, I'll do the activities. But what happens for myself is like, once I hit it, I know like I'm about to fall into that trap of discontent. And I remember putting out a, a message on uh, TikTok and Instagram saying, hey, anyone else who's, who's achieved the 75 heart challenge, anybody else feel like completely like weird emotionally, like hard, like now what? Like what's next? And I had a lot of really great responses. And so I spent a lot of time journaling it and putting down all my ahas from the entire experience. And I did a post and I put like my top 16 ahas around it and Dan, if anybody in the community wants it, I can go back into my, my timeline. I, we can copy those ahas and I can share it. Yeah, yeah. And then I shared my biggest takeaway from it was this. And I'll share this with you guys here. If you're looking for no broke months, I invite you to join the five-day challenge for free. Save your seat at 5daylistingchallenge.com. That's the number 5daylistingchallenge.com. You'll learn how to take listings in today's market without cold calling, door knocking, or begging. That's 5daylistingchallenge.com. We help real estate agents have no broke months. The biggest takeaway I had from 75 Hard was that, and I may have talked about it on the last call that we had when we talked about choice, chance, and change, is that there's inspiration, influence, and impact. What I discovered in this was that like, I would watch other people do 75 hard and they would inspire me. It's, it was pretty sure. fun. Like, it gave yeah. me a lot of really good energy and, and I was really happy for them, but I never took action. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like, that are watching this may, may watch it. Like, there may be some that are watching this that are getting inspiration from this conversation but they turn this off and go back to their day and nothing happens, right? So there's like entertainment, but there's not really any transformation. Any change, yeah. Right, any change. So 
I saw so many people doing this 75 hard. It was inspiring, but it was never enough to kind of get me to take action. And then I can't remember exactly what it was or who it was that actually influenced me to take action. And I think it was, there was a group of us. There was an accountability group that was all ready to take action together. And I already knew that I was kind of in a spot where I was, I was having some challenges with like a lack of discipline kind of creeping into my life in a lot of different ways. And so I saw these other people do it and they challenged me. And so I said, okay, all right. They had enough influence for me to take action. And so then as I'm doing the 75 hard challenge and I was going through it, it was really for me. And when I was sharing my fail story and when I shared my aha, my ahas and my journaling with others, the flood of DMs of people that are like, I need your help. I want to do it. Or, hey, when you started, I started and here's how my life changed and here's how my kids changed. Then I realized, holy cow, this isn't about me. What I do or what I'm doing right now isn't only about me. Like there's people watching. And like at the end of the day, what I discovered, my biggest aha around 75 hard was it's not just a mental challenge. It's not just a discipline challenge. There's an opportunity for us to create impact in others that are watching as leaders, right? There are people out there whose lives are different because of the story that I shared. And that was really, really cool. And so like, in my mind, when I think about that, that's way cooler than any medal or plaque or certificate out there. Making a difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a ripple. There's a ripple. Well, I appreciate you, Matt, for even talking about like the gap and the gain of looking like when you're not feeling as though if you're where you want to be. I mean, I'm, I've got some personal things going on in my life right now that aren't ideal, right? And sitting there and say, okay, well, if I'm going to look at like, you know, the struggle, or am I going to look at how far I've come from where I started? It's such a more powerful dynamic to look backwards of the journey. And the even if you have some things that didn't work out the way that you wanted them to work out, you still have grown yeah. when you can look back. But I want to change the conversation going back. Well, keep the conversation going. But right, sure. I want to talk about the emptiness of achievement. What does that mean to you? Like, what does the loneliness of success mean to you? So last year, I had a goal to run a marathon. Okay. And I had attempted it four different times. And the first two times I didn't train properly. I attempted to skip some steps, the volume of running, like my knees, like my ankle, like it just didn't work. And then last year I just made a commitment and got really committed to the process and hit all the workouts, did all the the middle workouts. And then I, I ran the marathon and I did it with COVID. I didn't even know I had COVID. Oh, like I ran the marathon with COVID. And I remember in order for me to do the workouts to achieve the marathon, like the last four, for anyone who's done marathon training, the last four or five weeks of the marathon, you're doing 30 to 40 mile weeks. So like on Tuesday, I'd have a five mile run, a 10 mile run on Wednesday, a five mile run on Thursday, and an 18 or 20 mile run on Saturday. Well, I've got a full schedule. I still work 50 hours or more a week, like all over the place. And in order for me to get those weekly runs done, I'd have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, be on the road at 5, because my 10-mile run still took me two hours. Sure, sure. To run. 
right? So in order for me to get done by 7, 7.30, I had to be on the road by 5, 5.30. It was dark. And I remember it's silent. It's dark. I'm out there. I'm sore. My feet hurt. I don't want to be there. Everybody's sleeping. And I'm out there because I choose to. And that is absolutely the metaphor of what it takes to hit any goal that you want out there. Success is lonely. It's dark. And I almost got hit by a car twice. Yeah. Going after this goal. And guess what? Nobody's calling me at 4.30 to make sure I'm up. My mom's not going to make sure I'm putting my shoes on to go hit this goal. I had a goal for myself. It was really important for me. And I'm out there running the streets in the middle of the morning. And other people who are hungover or tired eyes still don't see me and almost run me over in the morning. Right. And so like when we talk about the loneliness of success, at the end of the day, like if you're truly committed to your goal, you're going to have to do things when everyone's sleeping. You're going to have to stay late. You're have get up early. You're going to have to do the activities, make the calls, knock on the doors, have the appointments, reach out, like extend yourself, take the risks, hire the people, like learn something new, do the financials. Like I can tell you all the things are all the reasons why everyone's not successful. And yet at the end of the day, like in order to scale up and level up and grow in your business, no one's coming to save you. You're going to have to do it yourself. And it's lonely. And it's lonely. And I remember doing through those workouts and it was the day of the race. And right at like mile 16, 17, when I felt, I still felt really good. And it was like, at that moment, I was overcome with this wave of emotion because that was the point where I knew like, I'm finishing. Like I got 10 miles in me still. Like this is happening. And I was really emotional there. And that was good. And then, of course, the last four or five miles are pretty brutal. And I didn't break any land speed records or win any age awards. <laughs> they call it a finisher's medal for me. Like, it's, I finished. But I'm with I, you on that one, man. <laughs> what's that? I'm with you on that one. Just my goal is to finish. <laughs> I finished. And, like, by the time I'm finishing, like, most everybody's left. There's not a lot of people at the finish line. And I remember like vividly, and it's so weird. It's almost like a weird scene in a movie. And there was this gentleman who had finished his race and he was standing at the beginning of the shoots. Like when you're going into the finish area, it's like maybe 75 yards before the crossing. And I'm anyone who's done a full marathon, their first one is brutal. The end is brutal. And I didn't even really see him. And I caught him out of the corner of my eye, like literally like the 10 o'clock position. And I could hear him clear as day. And he said, no one can take this from you now. You earned it. And I like instantly just lost it. I just started like ugly crying in front of this stranger. It was almost one of those, like, if I look back, like he wasn't there. Like it was like Mm -hmm. a ghost or an angel or like a hallucination. It was like one of those like weird movie moments. Like I felt like there was going to be like a slow clap about to happen. I was completely overwhelmed with the emotion because like I crossed the line. I got my medal. I met my pace guide who finished 15 seconds before me, helped me hit the goal. My family was there. And I remember right after, and a lot of people said like, be careful. There's what they call the post-marathon blues. If you don't have something else scheduled, like it's a weird spot. And I can resonate with that because, of, again, 
the emptiness of achievement. So I finished the marathon and I knew that that feeling was coming. But then I also had that conversation with that guy for that one second. And he said, no one can take this from you. You earned it. And what I discovered was it wasn't crossing the finish line. It was the 20 weeks up to that. Yeah. It's a journey. It was the journey, who I had to become, the getting up in the mornings, the like, no one will get you to do it. You have to do it. And so creating that, like David Goggins calls it, that callous of the mind, the just saying no to the voice. It's like, we'll sleep in, take another 15 minutes. Like, just wait. It's always there. It never goes away. And then just being able to do that, I realized like that was the journey. I recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution. The 10-Step Guide to CPI, Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I've witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business. And I firmly believe that that's a shame. In Real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell one to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months. It took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book. And it took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book, Real Estate Evolution. And you can get that by visiting www.therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free as long as you pay for the postage. You know, Matt, as you share, and, and this goes back to a thought I had earlier, you know, in the conversation today, sort of circling back to this is... The reality that, you know, top achievers often, you know, one of the things that makes them you a top achiever is the resilience and the confidence. And as a part of that confidence, you oftentimes the top achievers are reluctant to share about how brutal the journey has been. Instead, they share with an optimistic viewpoint of, hey, boom, it's all roses and champagne or whatever the case may be, but the reality of it is, like, I had to embrace the suck. Like, this sucked getting here. Right? I'm not saying that the life sucked. I'm just saying that it was hard work. It's hard work to achieve anything that's worthy. And there's going to be setbacks. Then it's about, like, how do you deal with those setbacks? Do you learn from them, or do you become a victim? And I know you learn from them. I know you appreciate them. And I think that's the piece there that I would like for people. That's what I'm hearing from your stories. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm probably, some would call it toxically positive or optimistic. And here's the thing. It's authentic. And I am because at the end of the day, like it's still a choice. Yeah. There are no failures. It's all lessons. Like their only failures are whenever like you lock it in with quitting. Everything is an attempt. We have to share more of that part. I don't think we talk about it enough. I don't think there's enough conversation in safe places around the struggle and the challenges. I think oftentimes our egos come in a little too fragile in mastermind groups and everybody kind of wants to posture 
in like a mastermind group at some point and talk about what they're doing and what they've done and not like all the areas where they're completely crumbling. Like I've hit a lot of financial goals. I've, I've hit a lot of financial and business goals at the same time that my life is falling apart. Yeah, my relationships are falling yeah. apart. Yeah. And yeah. there's times where I'm like right now I'm on a health and fitness journey and I'm not exactly where I want to be in business. Like we're in rebuild mode. We're in like startup mode again. Like it's always this. It's yeah. always this. And then ups and downs. Yeah. And someone said, Hey, small problems equal small paychecks. Big problems equal big paychecks. And that changed the way I saw all the problems. I don't have problems. I have paychecks, right? And so the moment problems go away, I stop getting paid because we are only paid to the proportion of the solutions we bring to the environment. Yeah. I think it's the comfort level that you get with understanding. Like you can make a problem. Let's, you know, if you're a real estate agent and you're involved in a transaction that the co-broke is just nasty to you, your client's not, you know, following any of your advice and it's just complete disaster. We've all been there. You can focus on the fact that it's not comfortable and then you can make that mean something or you can focus on the fact of what you say, Matt, is big problems bring big paychecks is that you have the opportunity to be that skilled professional to navigate those 27,000 different directions of things that may be going wrong and to be able to get them all to a cohesive manner, get to the finish line, in this case, a closing, a payday. And that's an opportunity. Or you can make it mean something, get frustrated and, and, you know, contribute in a negative manner. You're absolutely right. Like you level up in what you can handle for sure. Right. Like everybody's got examples of that. Like whenever they start a new job or start a new task or a new hobby or an activity at first, everything is slow and laborious and cumbersome. And the next thing you know, like you're doing things automatically and systematically. Like it just gets better and easier. And I think that's the thing is, there's a natural resistance to chaos. And psychologically, we believe that like if we're creating chaos, we did something wrong, we broke it. And so we naturally back off of chaos to try to create harmony again or entropy. When in reality, we've got to lean into the chaos and work on putting the pieces together quicker. And one of the ways we do that is like what we talked about with choice, chance, and change is like, we got to get help sometimes. You got to call in the reinforcements and say, I'm going to focus on all these pieces. You focus on these pieces and we got to get back together and fix it and put it together. So, yeah, I mean, creating or creating a, a resistance or a conditioning to chaos is vital. It's critical. And again, it's part of the process. And I think what we have to, like, what I'm focusing on. So, when, like, when I say when we have to, all I'm saying is, like, I'm sharing with you a conversation for myself. Yeah. But anytime I'm saying, We have to, or you have to, like, that's just me talking to me. Nobody on this call has to do anything. I'm just sharing with you my internal monologue and and my dialogue that I share with myself. So if I ever come across a little like in your face or too intense, that's just me talking to me. I'm just letting you in on my talk. And so for me, I have to focus on like, that's the journey. That's actually the, that's the gold. That's the gold in this, them hills, right? It's learning that conditioning to handle the chaos and it's leaning into the discomfort of growth. and. And the thing is, is like discomfort is also relative and you get used to discomfort and then you like, you think you know what discomfort is and then you have another level of discomfort and then you think, and here's the thing. I think 
I don't know if it was David Goggins or, or Rich Roll or any one of these other ultra marathoners, they talk about the 40% rule and like how the SEALs, the SEALs have a 40% rule to where when you think you're at your max, there's still 60% more in. Our mindset caps us at 40%. Keep you safe. But our, but our body, yeah. at like what we can actually, there's even more than that. And you know this is true. And think about this, like when you're having the worst day possible or when you're having an experience that's just as bad as you think it could be, and you're like, I can't handle anything else, and then something else shows up. And then you just figure out how to handle it. And you just increase your capacity. You handle the capacity. And I'm trying to connect the thread of where I'm going with that. And what I'd like to just kind of keep the conversation rolling around is like learning how to like reframe that building of that capacity is as important as hitting the goal itself. I love it, right? man. I love it. Matt, how could somebody get in touch with you? Oh gosh, all the ways. I'm super big on, like I'm super out on Facebook. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram on TikTok. It's Casey Realtor Matt. All my posts are, are public. I, I think I've hit that 5,000 friend limit, but if you want to click follow, you can see all the stuff we put out there and, and the stories as well. And And here's the thing, like, when it comes to social media, like I will engage. If you leave comments or you want to send a message or whatever, you'll get a reply from me. It's me. It's not anybody else. I want to have the conversation. So if there's anything I can do and share and help with anybody in the community, like we're there for you. Man, I appreciate you. Thanks for being authentic with us today. Thank you for sharing. And I want to tell you that I've known you for many, many years now, and you make a ripple effect. And so I just want to acknowledge you for that as well. So, Matt, thank you very much. Thank CPI you, community, you're welcome. All right. CPI community, I want to remind you that we are doing a five-day listing challenge. And if you're interested, it's coming up soon. You can visit www.5daylistingchallenge.com. That's 5daylistingchallenge.com. And I'll show you exactly how I took 79 listings last year and how you can do the same in today's market. So join me. It's a free challenge. And until then, we'll see you next time. See you back. Hate the feeling of missing out and not knowing where to start? Aside from grabbing a copy of the Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, we also encourage you to join our ever-growing group, the Consistent and Predictable Income Community. Apply for membership on Facebook and visit us at nobrokemonths.com online to listen to our previous superstar interviews. I'm a seasoned agent but I've certainly had uh, some months uh, with no business and some cash flow issues. Dan's opened my eyes to a lot of things and taught me things that I just haven't been able to get anywhere else. So learning his methodologies has been really helpful to me in my life and very importantly, in my business.